Welcome to the Redirect Podcast. My name is Abigail Hewins. And I'm Emily Rojas. The Redirect Podcast is a show where we shift the conversation back to books. We discuss themes from some of our favorite fictional books and how those themes show up in real lived experiences. On today's episode, we'll be joined by our friend Hannah to recap this year in reading and discuss some of the titles we're looking forward to seeing in 2024. But first, if you've been enjoying the podcast, we would humbly ask that you support us in just a few simple ways. You can leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and let us know that you're loving the show. We'd also love for you to follow us on Instagram at Redirect Podcast and follow Hannah on Instagram at Dollhouse Books. And finally, if you really, really like the show, we'd love for you to share it with a friend. Sharing our show with a friend is by far the best best way to help us grow our community of book-living nerds. Welcome, Hannah. Hello. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Welcome. (laughs) Hannah is um, friends with me through our infamous book club, which I mention almost every time I'm on this podcast. I don't think it's infamous. I think it's fumus. I think it's fumus. (laughs) Yeah. Hannah is also brilliant, also a librarian. Almost, almost, almost. Also, almost, whatever, very close, rounding up. Um, Okay, so Hannah, tell us a little bit about you. Describe your favorite books, your taste. Give us a look into your life as a reader. Who am I? Um, Well, so right now, I'm a graduate student getting my master's in library and information science, hence the almost. And like right now, I... um, (laughs) I work as a library assistant at like a city public library in the adult services department, but I'm kind of hoping to like eventually once I graduate, like move into like children's and youth services, mostly just because I love working with kids more so than like adults. So that's kind of where I'm hoping to go. And I'm in my last year working on my capstone and thesis. Um, And I guess reading-wise, it has really changed within the last, I feel like, couple of years, mostly because partially this book club that we're in together, because it's really helped me to, like, accept that I love romance books, you know, because, like, before it was, like, something that, you know, you would hide or you wouldn't talk about, but finding like a community of people who also love romance it just like made me more like open to like expressing that that's like my favorite genre of all time now so definitely romance books um I really also like manga and like webtoons and manhwa which is like the Korean manga and everything so I've been reading a lot of that this year and then I kind of, I used to be really into fantasy, not so much this year anymore. I've kind of fallen into like the horror books realm and then, which is like totally different than like romance, but they're both fun for different reasons. (laughs) And then I guess. I've honestly, I feel like I've heard that from a lot of people who love romance. Oh, really? Kind of have this like, you know, they're not that different though, because you know what to expect. You know, they follow kind of a formula, a similar structure, tropes. Yeah, I think that's why I like both thrillers, horror, and romance because you kind of know what you're getting into. Like, you know that you're going to have a good time. (laughs) You know, they're different experiences, but. They are, I think they do a lot of similarities. Yeah, that's true, because yeah. they both have very, like, they're very heavy on tropes. 
And so you can go into them knowing like, oh, I like the slasher trope or I like the enemies to lovers trope. And so I feel like yes, those genres are really good for one, helping others to figure out what they like. And then two, also just like knowing what you want to read. And like, especially if you're like a mood reader like me, where like I can't set like a TBR at all. It's just based on vibes. Mm-hmm. And like, if I'm in the like mood to like read something that's yes. like very exactly muddy or something i know exactly what to read kind of based on the description you were in see emily don't you see why i wanted to have hannah on the show what? <laughs> literally it's yes um because <laughs> we are like so, we talk about that all the time about like people being embarrassed to like what they like or not reading what they like because they think that they need to read something else to be a good reader and it's just like you read more when you mm-hmm. read what you like like that's what it is and it helps you with the joy of reading. Another thing to mention by Hannah, I just think that like one of the things you would have to know is she is a huge K-pop oh, yes, fan. Yes, and <laughs> <laughs> that is really important to know for her personality. Um, like, where is it on her chest? And if you follow her at Dollhouse Books, you will also get lots of great K-pop. Yes, content. I even have a Christmas tree dedicated to K-pop. I mean, they can't see, but you guys can see. <laughs> So, okay. Oh, wow. So That's there's so some cute. girls in my, um, in my book club who are K-pop fans. And this came up, we were like at a game day and there's like two or three of y'all who were talking about K-pop. And then I was like, man, I feel like I could really like this, but I don't even know where to start, whatever. And so we're like, they're like, oh, it's okay. No pressure at all to like it, but we'll have a K-pop night and we'll like order dumplings and we'll do this whole presentation. And Hannah came with a full slide <laughs> deck about BTS the history, That's amazing. the bios on all the members. All, I was like, this is my favorite thing. Like watching someone share their special interest. Yes. I. Yes. <laughs> that just connected. You to are, Emily is such a PowerPoint girl too. <laughs> <laughs> I, yes. <laughs> I've made so many PowerPoints in my life. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Wow. I love So that. <laughs> basically for this episode, if you're listening to this, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about our favorites of the year, our least phase of the year, things we're looking forward to. And, you know, whatever comes up along the way, some trends, I personally would like to talk about hockey romances as like having a moment um, in 2023. Um, so th- there's lots of good things to talk about. Um, Hannah, as our guest, would you like to kick it off with one of your faves of one the year? Of my th- okay, hold on. I got to get my notes out because like I said, I forget every book that I read as soon as I finish it. Okay, can I do like a series that I loved this year? Okay. Yes, um, of course. Well, I, technically I read the first one last year, but I read the three following in the companion series this year. It's the Twisted series by Anna Huang, which is like a romance series. Um, and they're all interconnected in that they have like you know, the characters from like a previous book come and make cameos in the other books, but you don't necessarily need to read them in order. But I feel like Anna Huang's books have made me realize that while I do enjoy contemporary romance, I'm in romance for the smut because she has literally... (laughs) (laughs) 
the like perfect combination of plot to smut you know like sometimes some of the more like tame ones I'm like oh there's too much plot I get into the fun sexy times <laughs> and then sometimes I read some of the more like sorry what there's definitely a fine line there oh yeah I'm saying there's a exactly. fine line there. Some, and I think Talia Hibbert also mm-hmm. walks yeah. it really yes. well, which she's one of our faves too that yes. Anna actually she's put me on to. But like, yeah. she walks that line really yeah. well too. I think. And the other thing that I like about Talia Hibbert, sorry, I'm going off into like a other topic. That's fine. Okay, there's no cool. rules. Um, the other thing that I like about Talia Hibbert is that she includes not just like a focus on like the romance aspect, but also like, each person as an individual before they become a pair, which I love. Ugh, like, I yes, feel like exactly. the people are very real and that sometimes with romance, like it can get a little bit one layer. Caricature? Yes, that too. Yeah. Um, and she does a really good job at making sure that there's plot, there's realism, and there's smut. Yes, she has the best yeah. characters. Um, and I think maybe Emily will go to you because I, she might be on your list, I think. Sure, she is on my list, so might as well. Um, one of my favorites of the year. Well, I, I had a hard time because I had so many good books I read this year. So I try to think of the ones that I'm going to like remember you know, next year. I'm going to look back fondly on. So I really loved, as you guys know, the Brown Sisters trilogy by Talia Hibbert. But especially I really like Take a Hint, Danny Brown, which it is. Abigail it is. The best They're one. all so good, but it is <laughs> yeah. the best one. It has the best book boyfriend, best I think, one. maybe that has ever existed. Ever. Ever. Because you know what's really a lot of people do? Just to dive in, I mean, we've talked about this book extensively, so I'm not going to recap the whole plot for you guys, but, um, like, the the book boyfriend who's, like, sensitive and likes romance novels, I feel like so many people try to do that, and it ends up seeming like this isn't a real man, or, like, like, this isn't a person that exists in real life, but I feel like Talia Hibbert made him so, again, like you said, she made him such a real character that you felt like it's someone you know, and um could like really know it could be your friend could be someone you could actually fall in love with so i love that this book like i still i feel like i can visualize the characters like i can see them in my mind what they would look like which is rare i don't feel like i'm a super visual person when i'm reading books but she just writes so well i'm like i know what her house looks like i know what the scenes that took place i can still picture them in my head so i think this is a great if you want the literally perfect romance novels just read this trilogy they are perfect in my opinion and all of ours here i'm just going to speak for all of us it's um, it is the exact balance of what you guys were talking about of all the things you want in a romance novel but just the perfect amounts of everything so 10 out of 10 that's my first one that i love this year okay one of my faves kind of taking a little bit of a left turn it was yellow face by rf kwong um I loved it. I loved that it was horror without being like slasher. Do you know what I mean? Like there was this increasing sense of dread. I thought the writing was incredible. I thought it was like, oh, it's a, I mean, it's definitely probably not like a holiday read. It's so uncomfortable, like increasingly uncomfortable with like Mm -hmm. the anti-hero and how she's like, just 
goes farther and farther down this hole of like appropriation. Um, I loved it. Uh, Emily, I know how you feel about it. Hannah, did you read Yellow Faces? I put it on a temporary DNF, not because I didn't like it. I actually, I love RF Kong. The Poppy War series is one of my all time favorites. Um, I even was talking about the Poppy War at our last book club and how everyone should read it and why it was so good, but also like content warnings and stuff. But I put it on hold because I, I guess for the people listening, I'm Asian American. So I feel like that is important to know. Um, I started reading it and I was just getting so angry and so frustrated because I was like, in my opinion, there was nothing new to any of this. I was like, this is just Mm. something that I've experienced before. This is like, I know people that have experienced this. I live it. They live it. I don't need to read it. I should read it, but I'm just not in the place to right now. And so I think like, that's why it's on a temporary DNF or maybe a temporary hold is a better term for me at least. Yes. I think that is totally fair to be like, I do want to read it, but I just can't read it right now. (laughs) But you have to be in the mental space to read a book like that. That's going to hit some triggers or some past experiences. So, but great recommendation for the Poppy War. I would love to read more of her work. Yeah, I definitely recommend it. And also, as I think I mentioned that I'm not a fantasy girly, but this is one fantasy series that I like actually like highly recommend and loved and cried over and screamed over, but like in a good way, because it was so good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Hannah, back to you. What's another book you loved this another year? Another book. Um, oh, okay. So this one, I loved it, but I do not recommend it to everyone. It's, and it, it's a book talk okay. book. Um, Haunting Adeline by H.D. Carlton. I'm not sure if you've, you're aware of that book okay so i've definitely seen it but it's a very dark dark romance and i haven't finished it like the series but i've only read the first one but it has literally every terrible thing that could happen and like every content and trigger warning known to man and like even at the beginning of the book there's like a list kind of things to be aware of and stuff. So I definitely don't recommend it to everyone because there is a lot of like big nose for a lot of people in it. But I went into it thinking that like I was going to absolutely hate it because I had heard some of the topics that were in it. Like um, these aren't spoilers or anything, but like non-con and stalking and like physical and emotional abuse and stuff like that. So like I went in and I was like, this is going to be a sh- book oh am i allowed i don't know if i'm allowed to swear okay you're fine you're good (laughs) um i was like it's gonna be so bad like why i mean i had a very closed mind why would people read this this is so bad like it's gonna promote bad stuff and then i read it and i was like you know it's kind of fun i kind of devoured that in one sitting oh my god um but i think it's like also like if you're old enough and you know the difference between like fiction and reality you can just enjoy it. And it's kind of more on like a thrillery side too. So yeah, that was a book that surprised me in terms of me liking it actually. 
Yeah, that's a really interesting conversation about books. And um, Emily, I'm trying to think, I think there was a couple books we talked about on the podcast this year where it's like, you don't recommend it to everyone, but if you're old enough to, like, I wouldn't recommend it to your kid, but if you're old enough to understand the context, then like, then it's okay. But I'm looking through my books I read this year and I can't remember, Emily, if you can... Well, we kind of had a conversation about that with um, yeah, Little House on the Prairie. We did. <laughs> of like certain books, maybe like for, I think we landed, we wouldn't want our kids to read Little House on the Prairie, but we were saying, you know, certain things that maybe in the past were acceptable, like could a kid read it and you could have that conversation like, hey, things have changed now or is it better just to have them not read it at all? Yeah, so Hannah, we did like conversation a, came from. we like read a, we did a series this year where we read some children's books that we remember from we were kids and we re, we re, we reread Little House on the Prairie as adults and it was like hella racist in a way that we didn't remember and like really wild stuff and we were like, wow, I can't believe we just read this as kids, don't remember the racist stuff and you know, then we led to this broader conversation of like, um, like book bans and stuff. And like, should things be censored for kids because they have racist things in them? Or should we just know how to talk about them before we give it to kids to read? Yeah. I mean, I think it is a really challenging subject to talk about because there's always going to be a lot of people that are going to disagree with you but like I am 100% on the side against like bands like I don't think there should be bands especially because the groups that get banned the most are the marginalized communities I think though however when it comes to content that is specifically hateful and racist while taking them out of the collections of libraries or stores or whatever I'm thinking from a library perspective is hurtful in the way that like people won't be able to talk about why these books are wrong or why the messages are wrong. So I do think it's important to have, but I think, yeah, I think it's like important to be able to have the discussions on like why a specific message or ideology or belief is wrong. And if you don't have any of that in the content, then there's no way to have that discussion. However, I don't think it should be in collections and just be like, okay, left as is. I think maybe it needs to be organized in a way that, and taught in a way that is very upfront about, you know, like Little House on the Prairie is a very racist series. This yeah. is why, blah, 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 blah. Um, it's also hard because my personal bias is I'd be like, okay, no, we can't have it in the collection. Or like, no, we're not going to have um, right. Dr. Seuss books anymore in the collection. But obviously that comes from my mm-hmm. own you know, perspectives and stuff. And we do have to think about the community as a whole. And like... Yeah, that's kind of where we landed. And we were just kind of like, you know, in this scenario, there's, there's definitely better books about prairie life. And I think we found some children's books from the perspective of maybe the more marginalized people. There's one about like an indigenous little girl. So we're like, you know, maybe you can do it from the opposite perspective of let's tell those people stories and talk about how it was versus just, you know, reading. Right. (laughs) And I think it's like important to be making sure that like the topic that you and theme of the book is being told by the actual people that it's about, you know, mm-hmm. that first person yeah, perspective. Absolutely. 
Okay, so to segue, um, one of my other favorites this year, and I know this is honestly hit or miss. Some people hate this book, and that's okay. It's Tomorrow and Tomorrow and Tomorrow by Gabrielle Zevin. Um, and I picked this book because it really, I read it at the beginning of the year, and it did, it, I still think about it. Um, it's about two friends who kind of have this like really intense relationship. It spans many years of their friendship, I think 30 years or so. And it's Sam and Sadie and they eventually like collaborate and make this video game together and become famous and then kind of have like this fallout and it's kind of devastating. And I understand some people do not like the devastating part, but I just really love this book. I really, um, I, it's another thing. I think I, I've realized I really like well thought out complicated characters and Sadie and Sam are both very complicated and not necessarily always likable, but I definitely saw a lot of myself in them, especially Sam. Like he has a really hard time, um, like showing love to people and letting people in and, I feel like he's an extreme version of some parts of myself where, you know, like it's hard for me to say I love you to people sometimes and um, like show that affection. And he's he kind of takes that to an extreme level of like never being able to let people in in any way. But I just thought this was a really like devastating but really nice book that I really can't stop thinking about. So I really liked it. And even if you don't like video games, that's kind of like a major plot. But it's like one of those things where it's just kind of a device to tell the story, not you have to be super into video games to like it. So I think that's what put me off reading it for a while was like, I was kind of like, I'm, I like video games sometimes, but I'm not a super gamer. So, but you don't have to be to like this book, I think. Although again, not everyone likes this book. So <laughs> it could be, again, it's like maybe for the right person, I would recommend this, but maybe not for everyone. But that's one of my favorites of the year for sure. Did you read it, Hannah? Um, I also started this and it's been on a temporary hold for a long long time but for an entirely different reason i was listening to the audiobook and i realized like maybe 60 percent of the way that i had no idea what was happening and who was who so i was like okay i'm gonna put it on hold and yes. i'm gonna get the physical copy i just haven't i do think this would be a difficult audiobook because it kind of it's kind of like a weird third person narrative where it kind of like transitions in and out and the time jump. So I would probably have a hard time listening to this as an audiobook. I would definitely yeah. think the physical. But I, would be the, the like for sure. 10% that I did No, I enjoyed <laughs> just as the other 60% yeah. I didn't. And I really like Gabrielle Zevin. Yeah. She was a, another one of my favorites this year was um, the storied like life of AJ Fickery. And that was also by her. So I'm, I'm starting to think she's just a character I really, or an author I really like. Um, so I would recommend that too if you read Tomorrow and Tomorrow. And I had tomorrow a question night. about that though. Um, was the main criticism of the book yeah. that it was just devastating or were there other reasons? I've heard people say like, um, it's not a lot of plot and, and there is like a specific thing that happens. I don't want to spoil it if you haven't read it. Um, that's kind of like a shocking tragedy. And I think sometimes people don't like that because it's like a plot device or, you know, like it's not earned, but I thought it kind of worked. Um, but I think it is kind of a controversial choice she made. Um, I think it's just like with any book though. I mean, this is a really popular book. So I sometimes think with any book that gets that popular, obviously there's going to be people who don't like it. Um, but I feel like I've seen more and more lately of people who didn't 
like it. So now I'm sensitive to recommending it. But um, yeah, I think it's not for everyone. Maybe the, but the thing is, that happens is like a pretty big trigger. Yes, I will say that too. So maybe look at the. I guess the mentor guy. Well, we can say it. Do you want us to say it, and we can just edit it out? Yeah, sure. Do you want to know? Yeah, yeah, or just skip ahead thirty seconds. It's a shooting. Oh, okay. I would not say that. Oh, see, I thought it was the professor being on. (laughs) Yeah. So I don't even know if he's a professor. No. Well, that is also in this. Yeah, that is also another thing. So, but no, people, it kind of comes out of nowhere. It's like a really shocking, like, plot twist. So, um, yeah, not everyone likes that. You know, it's kind of like One Day, the movie, which I also really like. I it's also hate a book that, I really that love. movie. That, and it's a book. Is that with Robert Pattinson? And the book is really good. No. Oh. No, no, it's Anne Hathaway. That's like so. Anne Hathaway. That's the remember me. <laughs> okay, remember, remember me is also in this genre where something shocking happens. One day she gets hit by a bus like at the end of the movie. She just out of nowhere. I am so I feel um, so angry. It's a really good book that. though, I will also say. But if you're not into that kind of thing, you might not <laughs> like Tomorrow Tomorrow. It's very akin to Robert Pattinson okay. in, in Remember Me where it's like, "Whoa, that came out of nowhere." But at least that's not the end of the book. So I think that helps. There's like aftermath of that. It's kind of, you know, maybe you 60% of the way through. So you're probably almost there. <laughs> yeah. So I understand that criticism for sure. But for me, it worked. And I thought it was well done and like a important part of the plot. But I understand people would think it was kind of just a plot device, I guess, that maybe they didn't enjoy. So anyways, <laughs> that was my check. <laughs> Number two. <laughs> Um, okay. One of mine is really, I'm going to take a page out of Hannah's book and just like name an author (laughs) in the series. I read 15 books by Julia Quinn this year. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't even know how many books she has. I think it's probably just a few more than that. I got on my Bridgerton thing this year. Okay. And look, Hannah and I have talked about this, but I will say if you like the show, that's great. If you like the books, that's great. You can like them both independently because they're their own thing and they are both good in different ways. I read the Bridgertons obviously to start me off and, um, it's just so easy to just like get into this. Like I tried reading other stuff. Like I really did. But like when I was in Bridgerton world, it's so hard to like get out of it. And then like, I'm looking at my, my book tracker in November, (laughs) Literally, it's like I color code it like like romance is pink. Literally, every single book is pink. Um, I then because then I went on to the Rokesby's uh series mm-hmm. by her, which is the Bridgerton prequels. Then I went to the Smythe Smith series, which is like a spin off of the Bridgertons. And then I even started the Bevel Stokes. <laughs> but then I was like, I have to stop. I have to do something different. Um, but I don't know what it is. I love his, I love historical fiction. I love historical romance. It's just like, it's like drugs to me. I love historical romance and it's so comforting. Like all of these books are like around 300 pages. You always know like about this point in the book, this was what was going to happen. I mean, it's just like, I just love her characters. I love the setting. I love that she like, has some like strong women characters that are, you know, in the like 1800s and 1700s. 
Um, and I'm just so obsessed with her. And I am making this podcast to talk about the, um, uh, romancing Mr. Bridgerton before the new season of Bridgerton comes out because we have to honor this book. <laughs> I'm just so obsessed <laughs> with Julia Quinn this year. And Amazing. Hannah, I know you're a big fan of her too. Yeah. I mean, I'm more, I think I'm more of a fan of the shows mostly because I haven't read all of the books. Mm. It's like on my two endless to read list, you know? Um, <laughs> Uh-huh. But yeah. I'm obsessed with the shows and the books, but like you were saying, separately. Like, because the yeah. two books that I've read of the Bridgerton, or I guess the first two, because I'm trying to read them in order. I don't, I just remember just being uh, like yeah, yeah, completely, because yeah. I had seen the show first and I was just like completely, mm-hmm. maybe not devastated, seems like too big of a word, but shocked at how different they were. And like, I was so mm-hmm. impressed with the changes that they had made for the show. And mm-hmm. it just made me want to read the series more. Cause I'm like, what else did they change? What else did they do to make it different? Like, how did they make these characters a little bit more likable or, you know? Yes. It's like, I trust Shonda Rhimes so much. And I just feel like she's taken this, like these great stories by Julia Quinn they've like really worked together to make this like new thing. Um, and it's really fun. So highly recommend. And just like, if, if it's a daunting task for people, you don't have to read them in order because like spoiler, the love interest in every story, it works out. <laughs> so like the only thing, the only spoiler for any future books, if you read them out of order is that the, like the main characters in the other books got together. I mean, that's not really like, a huge plot twist. So you, if you want to just like skim through the summaries and pick what you think you would like the best, you're able to do that. And that's fine. Um, okay. Should we move on to some books that we didn't love so much? I would be happy to I didn't even think about that. I mean, it's hard. I, I feel I didn't make as long of a list for this because no, also like, some of the books I read this year that I didn't like so much were smaller authors and I don't feel good dunking yeah. on a smaller author. Um, no. I will say this year we did our Colleen Hoover deep dive episode. So I did read a few Colleen Hoover books and those did rank at the very bottom of my list. So um, I read Verity. It ends with us and reminders of him for that episode. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've talked about, that. I mean, we've, we basically beat that horse. So <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Go listen to that. Go listen to our Colin Hoover episode if you like our full thoughts. And then the other uh, other book I didn't love this year um, <laughs> was Making Rumors, <laughs> which we read for the Daisy Jones and the Six episode. Um, Ugh, still never finished it. I'm like, should I just to get an extra book on my you know tally for the year because I only have a few chapters left? But then it's like I can't make myself can't do it. Do it. <laughs> um, Hannah, what do you got? Um, so like the only two that are like really jumping out at me, one is the fine print by Lauren Asher, which is part of the dreamland billionaires, uh, romance companion series, which is like the Disneyland inspired one. Um, and like my reason for not liking it is so silly compared to like maybe other reasons, but they kept describing the male love interests, but as a bubble butt. And, like, I couldn't get over that. 
ick. Yeah. I don't ick. know why. I just like, I mean, it wasn't like every page, but it was like enough for me to notice that I didn't like that. So I just That's kinda, too much. <laughs> More than yeah, once. Is I kind of just was like, no. And I wasn't, I guess I also wasn't interested enough in the characters, maybe because I had gotten the ick that I just was like, no, I'm, I'm just going to drop it. So I think I only got through like maybe I, 40% of it. Yeah. I So we've read some bad books for our book club and I won't name it the book that I'm thinking of because the author is not like big enough for me to dunk on. But um, the thing that gave me the ick was like some of the Emily will probably choose to edit this out, but in the book, And I was just like, I can't read this no. and like not call the police. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes. Yeah, just... That was. That was. Oh, that was before I had joined. Oh, I read that one too. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I hated that book. That was like TBR, but that sounds. Yeah, take that off. Yes. Everything about that book. It was a little bit cringe. And it had the. But that part was the worst. It had the opportunity to be good, but. I, I couldn't get past that. Yeah. Like the, the, the plot itself was good, but then the characters were maybe the most stupid and immature, but they were like, meanwhile, like surgeons and lawyers, I think like they were supposed to be like extremely intelligent. Right. <laughs> it was very, I didn't like it anyways. Um, Emily, what about you? Mine I didn't like this year. Um, I, I feel vindicated by this because I feel like people are starting to hate Demois a lot. But Anon Please by Demois was one of my least favorite books maybe I've ever read. It, it's written by someone who thinks they're a good person but clearly isn't. And then the main character is extremely unlikable and, and they don't understand why because they wrote it about themselves. <laughs> also, the Every by Dave Eggers, Why God? <laughs> Did I read that book? Uh, a great start with the circle and a horrible follow-up with the every. And then you guys know I didn't like One True Loves by Taylor Jenkins Reid, but I love Taylor Jenkins Reid, so I feel comfortable dunking on her. I just personally did not like this one book, but I've loved everything else she's ever You know read, what? So. I honestly think that that gives, like, Stan's credibility. If you can, like, Stan yeah. somebody and then also say, yeah, but, like, this wasn't their best work. But it's kind of like this. how, yeah. like, I'm a Swifty, but I can say that, like, Me by Taylor Swift should never have been a single. It's a terrible song. <laughs> Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, Constructive you know, it gives me credibility because I'm able to like look at her objectively. <laughs> so you can love Taylor Jenkins yes. Reid and not love One True Loves, and that's okay. Absolutely. Also, I did just read. Okay, the other day I posted on my Instagram because I was like, "Someone give me some holiday romance." All I wanted. I just finished this really heavy nonfiction book, which I talked about in our last episode, and I just wanted a holiday romance that was available immediately on Libby to cleanse my palate before I went to sleep. And no one gave me any recommendations. Abigail texted me a few days later. So I just downloaded this one book, which I don't even like the Regency era books, you, you know, unfortunately. That's not my thing. But I was like, maybe I'll like this one because it was like a marriage of convenience. And I'm not going to say it because I, I really hated it. Um, 
like there's this guy he's disowned by his family he owns this theater and he uh has like a bad reputation and the girl somehow has a good enough reputation that marrying each other will improve his reputation in society anyways it was just terrible so that was and i was also christmas it. i it wasn't even christmas oh. i just was like well it's like maybe a nice you know i just wanted something light and fluffy and romantic and it was just it was not good in any way so anyways uh please send me your recommendations uh, although Emily, did i mean now, so. uh, hannah what i recommended <laughs> to her was time to shine um which we're reading for book club. I already read, but you read it, right? You recommended it to the book club. I don't think I recommended it. I think someone else did, but it wasn't you. I wasn't there. Okay, I wasn't at the book club, uh, so I don't remember. But did you have you read Time to Shine? Is by hold on, I Jill Santos or something. It's a, is that my one? Am I uh, Rachel Reed? No, okay. So I'm thinking it's of about two. One, it's about gay hockey players. Oh wait, the upcoming one. Yes, it- this one. Do you see the yes? Okay, the blue covered. I was thinking of an entirely different book. I was thinking of okay. heterosexual romance. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> no, this is gay. Okay. This is deliciously gay and um, hockey and Christmas and Canada. Okay, okay. Oh, it was. Um, That's all I need to know. Who recommended this? Oh, okay. It was zippy. Yeah. I can't wait to read it. Anyways, those are my hates of the year. <laughs> Respectfully. Especially the Every by Day of Eggers. <laughs> Hannah, I saw you get like a light bulb when Emily was talking about Christmas or like holiday books. Do you have anything to recommend? Oh, I have so many. Because I, lo- like, I love <laughs> holiday and Christmas books. Because I love... Ho- I mean, like it's like yes. in the cheesy hallmarky movie kind of way um exactly i love hallmark like my favorite favorite one no for the audio she's scooting towards her (laughs) bookshelf oh yeah um (laughs) the holiday trap by roan parish oh cute it's kind of long for a romance book in my opinion because it's like over 400 pages but it goes by really quickly um but it takes place like it's kind of like wait have you seen the holiday but with uh reese yes no not yes. reese kate winslet and um it's available the, kate winslet oh, cameron winslet diaz and jack black and jude law yeah so it kind of has that yes. similar vibe of switching lives and stuff but it's like i think it's set Wait, in, on, what's it called again oh uh, the holiday the trap. holiday trap it is available now <laughs> on my libby so i'm, bre- I'm literally you. breaking my <laughs> neck to get to my libby um yeah so <laughs> it has really good or I think it has really like good combination of like funny moments, serious moments, um, like kind of has like a finding yourself kind of vibe to it. And then it has LGBT representation. It's set in like a uh, part of it is set in like Louisiana, I believe. So it's like a really fun, different kind of Christmassy vibe. Oh, I love it's that. not like the typical, like, okay snowy mountain town which is fun too but like it definitely caught me off guard and i loved it so much so probably my favorite i actually stumbled across this one now that i'm looking at it in my search for my quest i should say but it started off with for fans of casey mcquiston 
it comes to this and I, sometimes I get nervous when people say like this is just like this other author. So then I got nervous, but I'm I'm back in. Per I'm your recommendation. not a huge Casey and Kristen <laughs> fan, so like I've given both of their books like so two or three stars, and I really and I I love mm-hmm. this one. So maybe you'll like it too if you don't like Casey and Kristen. I think well, Emily liked both of their books. I liked one last stop specifically. I didn't like one last stop. What was the other one? I didn't like one last stop, but I did like red, white, red, white, and royal blue. Oh yeah, I liked red, white, and royal blue. I like both. We disagreed on one last stop. I DNF yes. one, one last stop because I thought it was boring. But I do understand why yeah. you might not like it. <laughs> it is boring, but I kind of liked it for the boringness. <laughs> Anyways. Okay. Okay. I'm, so, I'm in. so thank you. You healed me. <laughs> books we're looking forward to in 2024. Um, yes. I'm going to kick it off with Daydream by Hannah Grace. This is going to be the third in the Maple Hill series. Okay. Hannah, I see you nodding. And, I, and I'm so excited to talk to you about this because yeah. I actually have saw you post on Instagram about these. Okay. So the first one everyone is probably more familiar with is Icebreaker. TikTok sensation, hockey, like the hockey romance. Um, really good. I loved it. Um, even though I will say I don't love books that are set in college because to me, it feels unrealistic that the main characters are as mature as they are in college. And maybe that's just my own bias of like, I felt like specifically men were really stupid in college. <laughs> so to me, it's like, oh, there's just like super like emotionally intelligent and like self aware, like college athlete. Okay, suspend your disbelief. Um, but the thing that's really fun about this series for those who are not um, acquainted is that the second book then follows minor characters from the first book. So, you know, they're each having their little moment, um, which is really fun. And the characters from the first book kind of show up in the background. The third one is coming out, I think it's going to be a summer book next year. It's called Daydream. The girl, the, the female main character on the cover is wearing a Taylor Swift cardigan sweater. So I'm feeling like this is going to be a very interesting main character for me in my Swifty timeline. Um, Hannah, are you excited about Daydream? How are you feeling? Okay, I got super excited because I actually had no idea that the third one was coming out so soon. And oh my I God. didn't even know the title. I'm breaking this new to you. <laughs> yeah. So, like, I'm like, my heart is palpitating. I'm sweating. I'm like so excited. <laughs> I love this series. I know it's so good. Yeah. It's so good. Do you agree with me, though, that it's kind of hard to believe that male main characters in college that are on a hockey team could be so aware of themselves? <laughs> Also, the thing about these kids is that they're really rich, which I get. It's convenient. If you're an author and you're trying to write an interesting story about college kids, it helps if they have rich parents because it's just like makes things easier. It makes travel easier or fun dates or whatever. Like, I get it. But I'm also like both of like in the first book, one of the main characters was rich and the second one, another. Yeah, it's just... I, I'm okay with it. You just have to suspend yeah. your disbelief and enjoy. Emily, you have to read Icebreaker. I have it on my my mental TBR. Okay, <laughs> Two thoughts popped up. One, I think I because I read both. I read Icebreaker and I listened to the audiobook of Wildfire. 
and that's the second one. Yeah. Um, I don't, Wildfire, yeah. I liked the first one, I think, a little bit more because I wasn't listening to the audiobook and the audiobook. The audiobook is cringe. Yeah. The, I just, I've, I have heard that. I have this issue and it's a me issue, not a narrator issue, but like a me issue where when guys change their voice to sound like a woman's voice, it just makes me Speak cringe so much. Speak on it. So Speak much on it. hate that. But the other way around is yeah. like amazing. And but the woman speaking in man voice, fine. Give it to me. Impressive. But I 100% agree with you, Hannah. It is so freaking cringe when men do that. It just feels like a caricature. Like the, like the, high, the immediately high-pitched voice and like kind of too breathy to me. I, 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 I'm not a fan. So I think that's why I didn't like it as much. But I love the characters. And the thing that I like about this companion series is that even when the characters are minor characters, they have so much personality and there's a lot of banter between all of the characters, which makes it really fun. Mm-hmm. And just as a plug, I the second book is set at a summer camp and it's a camp counselors, which Say less. <laughs> Emily, I knew you would just eat that up. It's finger licking good. It's like as somebody who like Emily and I went to camp together as kids and we're also like counselors at camp together the drama that goes on between camp counselors like emily the entire setting of this book i was imagining indian creeks so you know r.i.p but yeah you just need to <laughs> i'm ready this would be a, the second one wildfire would be a great summer summer read um strong sense of summer so okay hannah what are you looking forward to um any releases you're looking forward to in 2024 um, so bringing back Anna Huang, I, she's working on her <laughs> second companion series, which is still kind of a companion series to the Twisted series, because some of them made like really tiny cameos. And, um, but it's the Kings of Sin series. And right now, I think there are three out, maybe four. The, I've only read King of Wrath and King of Pride. So it follows there's going to be seven books and it follows each of the seven deadly sins, which oh, I love anything oh, that cool. has to do with the seven deadly sins. Like uh, just as an anime fan, full metal alchemist brotherhood, just plugging that in there. Um, but um, <laughs> it's a billionaires. So series and each of them is like a different kind of deadly sin and everything. But I'm looking forward to literally every single book that she's going to come out with in that series because they're just so fun. And it's so fun to imagine what it'd be like to date a billionaire in a non-real way. It is like a non-Jeff Bezos. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Okay, I'm going to open this question up. Do you guys think it's possible for a real-life billionaire to be hot? Or does the fact that they, what they had to do to become a billionaire has eaten their insides out so bad that they are now like horrible on the outside? Is, is, is the, <laughs> I'm Googling world's hottest billionaire. The CEO. <laughs> it's not looking TikTok good. <laughs> a billionaire? Cause I think he's pretty hot. <laughs> In like on. a Googling. cute, like nerdy way. I've never seen this man. He's cute. Like, yeah, in like a... Okay, he like, has you a know, cute your face. Pal. Yeah, his TikTok is his hilarious. His worth is... 
two hundred million. Okay, so, okay. so not even close. Do you guys watch the other two? <laughs> so I'm gonna say no and no. I okay, the there's two. an episode of the other two where one of the the female main characters she's like trying to find a billionaire today, and she goes and like every time she goes out, um, she gets set up with these billionaires. Every time she goes out with them, they're like really weird, and they talk about like, "Hey, do you want to get on my spaceship?" And like then they like like through the date, their face gets more and more Botox or whatever, and. So she decides they're really weird. So she's going to go out with a hundred millionaire. And so she goes out with a hundred millionaire. She's like, this is really close and whatever. But while they're sitting at dinner, he like gets a notification on his phone that he's officially become a billionaire. (laughs) And the minute he becomes a billionaire, he starts being like deranged (laughs) and like, so (laughs) you guys, I highly recommend the other two. It's great. Um, But all I'm saying is billionaire shouldn't exist. And so if you are, if you become one, what if how, what have you had to do to get there and can you be hot but romance books are also all about suspending disbelief so by all means go off and read books about hot billionaires yeah it doesn't have to be real i agree i know it's not real oh, yeah that's what makes that. it so much more fun because have you guys seen the like uh exactly. TikTok videos where it's like um me like kicking and giggling over something that a man says in a romance book and then like when they <laughs> say it in real life you would just want to die i'm like yep yep exactly <laughs> yes literally it's like if someone actually did this i would hate it but reading about right. it i'm okay ick Ugh. all right emily what are you looking forward to in 2024 okay very rapidly i'm looking obviously goes without saying funny story by emily henry i can't wait um rachel hawkins has a new book coming out the heiress and i actually just read the villa ah, um today i finished my it so yes per your recommendation it finally came in on libby and i really liked that and i really like reckless girls by her and you also like the wife upstairs abigail so um excited for her Catherine center has a new book so you know tbd on if we'll we'll enjoy her did you end up reading um, did either of you end up reading her release this year um no, I haven't yet, oh, but it's on my, you know, I think I have it on hold. Uh, I read it and I actually surprisingly liked it. I thought it was going to be weird. I know. Um, oh man. I can picture the cover in my head. Uh, Hello Stranger. Okay. Because yes, it's about, Stranger. it's about face blindness, face blindness <laughs> which was odd. That's like the, the problem of the book is that the female main character has an accident and she has temporary face blindness. And so I thought that was going to be really weird. Um, but I actually liked it. It was cute. So I think I will give her third book a go as well. And then finally, Allie Hazelwood. I didn't know anything about this. But she has a book coming out about vampires and werewolves. I am interested. Intrigued. <laughs> that seems definitely outside of what she normally writes. So I'm very interested. Um, but I have no other information other than it is about vampire werewolf romance. So is it YA? Cause I think it, she released, she YA? released a YA book that I haven't read. It definitely sounded YA, but I couldn't tell for sure. You know, like I got YA vibes. Oh, she wrote check and mate but- with a, um, Oh, is the book called Bride, the Vampire Werewolf one? Yes. Yes. Okay. Cool. So we'll see. So, yeah, I'm, I'm interested in all of those. And it's like, you know, you never know what books are you going to discover, what authors are you going to, like, 
What were you going to discover year, next year? Exactly. So that's exciting always, you know. Hannah, any other 24 releases that you're looking forward to? Um, I don't know if it's a 2024 release because I feel like I just saw something about it releasing in the UK, but volume five of Heartstopper. I'm not sure if either of okay. you have read that series. It's a graphic novel series. I have not. <gasps> it got adapted into yeah. an amazing Netflix TV show. Um, but it's basically a romance between like two. What's the equivalent in the UK? High school, grade eleven and twelve. Secondary school. Secondary or school. Something. Yeah, two boys, and it's basically just following their like <laughs> life together oh it's cute. Really cute it's like it really good feel good vibes like very sweet like there are some darker moments but i feel like it is a story that highlights more on just like the good parts of love as opposed to the traumatic parts of love when you're gay so i think mm, it's a yeah. really good series for people to read of and it's really fast to read because it's a graphic novel series. But I think that's going to be one of my goals for 2024 is reading more graphic novels. One of my goals this year was more fantasy and I achieved that, <laughs> but I would really, I, I think I'd like to dip a toe into graphic novels in 24. That would be a fun one to get you into it. Cause it's just so sweet and happy and lovely and yeah. cute. Oh, I love that. Um, one other release I'm looking forward to is the women by Kristen Hannah, um, much anticipated. It's about the women who are behind the scenes in, um, the Vietnam war. Um, you know, I'm very excited. I love everything she writes. So I'm really pumped. And is the Nightingale coming out? Um, is the movie coming out next year? I feel like it, well, I don't be. know if it got delayed because <laughs> of the strike and stuff. True, true, true. Um, I don't know. Quick Google search did not yield results. So anyways, very much looking forward to that. All right. Anything else we need to cover before we wrap this thing up? Oh, did you want to talk more about hockey romances? (laughs) You said that was something. Oh, yeah, sure. Oh, yeah, you did want to talk about that. Okay, Hannah, why do you think that hockey romances had a moment? I feel or why what is it that's so appealing because like I'm really into it right now like I didn't get into it until just a couple weeks ago but I don't even care about hockey and now all of a sudden I'm like googling hockey maneuvers <laughs> so I can understand something in the book more like right. what do you think it's about okay. well so my theory is I'm also kind of new to the hockey romance world too because the only one that I've read is the icebreaker but then I want to read talking around which I think was also another hockey romance book that kind of projected this. But I I was thinking about like... And also The Game by L. Kennedy, I think. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The Deal, The Game, Fire You, I think The the Deal is the hockey one, right? Yeah. So I've read that too. And I really Yeah, I just rented it. That's good. It's nice. Nice and smooth. Um, But I was thinking because... Just sports in general is not something that I like at all in terms of like watching yeah. or consuming. Um, but then I like it in 
like romance books and I like it in anime. And I was thinking maybe part of the reason that I like it, and this could be a reason for other readers, is that you're not just reading about the game. You're reading about like the emotions behind the game. You're Mm. hearing the like stories that lead them to where they are. Like it's all about the other stuff maybe and that makes the game more Mm. compelling maybe I don't know yeah I get that I think like I like reading like to use Ali Hazelwood as an example I like that her books are set in the world of STEM even though I don't like math and science because it gives like this other element of something that you just like get to casually and passively learn about and it's like this it's almost like a character its own character like the setting is something that you're unfamiliar with and like it's fun to read books that are in settings you're really familiar with but I think that's part of the reason why I like historical romance or um, like I like write, reading authors like Talia Hibbert, who all of her books are set in the UK because I'm not familiar with it. So it's like it's its own element of its own. What do you think, Emily? I definitely agree. And I feel like um, like hockey in particular, I feel like is a more attractive sport. I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of like rough. I think soccer is uh, probably the know? hottest sport. I guess, but they're kind of like divas as oh, well. They do fall dramatically. But to me, a hockey guy is like a, a hockey guy is like um, like he's just a guy. He could just be walking down the street, yes, but he's also a professional <laughs> athlete. You know what I mean? Oh, like, they're not football famous players. Enough, is what you're saying? Yes, yes, and it's also like a nice sport. I don't know. I always liked hockey, but um, I feel like it's like a rough sport. You know, they're they're rugged, but they're also just a guy. And you convince yourself that they have like family values. Maybe they're Canadian. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think that 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 all contributes to it as well. But I also agree. It's like, you know, like you said, like uh, Ali Hazelwood, for example, or any romance author who has like a very distinct um, niche. like niche. Yeah. yeah. It's it's kind of makes you feel like, oh, I'm learning. It's more than just a romance novel. I'm also it's also about sorts or science, you totally. know, so. I think that's just a coincidence. And then, and then once you get a really good one that goes, that gets popular, like I think icebreaker was one of the more popular ones on TikTok. Then people are recommending, okay, if you like icebreaker, then try this, try this. So then it kind of, you know, leads to that kind of trend. Um, so that's my hypothesis. Thank you. And can, in summary, go read more of what you love mm-hmm. in 2024. As always. <laughs> Hannah, where can people follow you? and stuff um (laughs) um, on instagram you can follow me at dollhouse books so doll d-o-l-l-h-o-u-s-e-b-o-l-k-s dollhouse books and then that's also my handle on goodreads and storygraph but those are the only socials that i have love it you get a lot of books and a lot of thanks for joining us hannah (laughs) Thanks yeah, for having you. me. <laughs> this is nerve-wracking, but exciting. Talk to you guys next time. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>